Hi, everybody. I'm George, and this is The Best Little Horror House in Philly, the show where we talk about the best horror movie ever made, according to our guest, at least. And today's guest is a pal of mine from Podcast to Burn about the works of Taylor Swift, where I forced him and his wife to not only watch, but listen to me talk about Cats 2019 for six minutes longer than the actual movie. Please welcome Ethan Weisgarber. What's up? Oh, my God. Is that the scary scream man? Yeah, that's um, <laughs> that's the demon that's in the wires and in the Wi-Fi. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> no, that that was super fun, talking about cats. A horror movie in its own right, yes. <laughs> it certainly is. It certainly is. Um, and, and one of my faves. One of my fave horror oh, movies. Oh, it's so fun. <laughs> yes. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your history with horror? Well, I, you know, I was listening to, uh, I think maybe you talked about it a little bit on your sleepaway camp episode, but I was also very much a a little scaredy boy growing (laughs) up. And, you know, I, I had really bad night terrors as a kid. So anything that I thought was going to keep me up was like off the table growing up, you know, I think the most scary that I went when I was a kid was I watched eight legged freaks with my cousin once and i mean it was it was traumatic like i couldn't handle it (laughs) but then in high school i remember really being intrigued by the first paranormal activity Mm. and they did the same thing in the trailer that barbarian just did where they show the audience you know rather than like during the trailer and i was like oh man that you know that's that looks so good (laughs) and so that was like the first horror movie that i really loved and definitely instilled in me a real love of a bad genre which is found footage and i i watch (laughs) a lot of bad found footage stuff but i mean there is like there's so much good stuff and it's it's a gimmick that i always like am excited to see how they use you know yeah i will say that before this show i was a notorious found footage hater mm-hmm. and and uh, over the course of having been exposed to some of the better examples through this podcast mm-hmm. i am coming around on it i don't think that it'll ever be my favorite but seeing some of the ways that it uses the actual uh, way that it films uh, in in unique ways is something that is it's, it's just so hyper modern yeah that it, it, it becomes such a fascinating thing to examine even if i'm not necessarily like oh i'm loving the story mm-hmm. there's usually at least something interesting happening yeah and i mean i think like frequently in tandem with those movies you have this situation where the marketing department is like leaning into we don't want to let people know if this is real or not right you know and so like obviously blair witch did that but I remember when I was in high school, there was this movie called The Poughkeepsie Tapes. That that was another one that it was like, I think they even outright said in their marketing, like, this happened. It is too dangerous for, like, us to put out in theaters. <laughs> but you have to, like, seek it out. Sure. And, I mean, that, that, always, that always sort of worked on me. But then, you know, yeah. like, more recently, like, we've talked about the With Gorley and Russ podcast that... I was never, like, a huge... I never felt like I needed to watch, like, the standards of the genre, you know? But following Mm -hmm. along with with them was, like, first time I had watched Halloween, first time I had watched Friday the 13th, you know? Freddy, Chucky, Alien, all that stuff. And then, like, just super recently, in terms of horror viewing, I've been watching along with the Don't Worry Darling press tour. (laughs) I had I had that joke written. Got him. So I needed to say it so I could put a line through it. 
Perfect. Great. Crossed off. Yes. Check. Have you have you seen <laughs> Barbarian yet? I'm seeing it tomorrow. So I, I will have seen it by the time oh, that this comes yeah. out. But uh, Oh, you're going to love it. Yeah, it's so, so fun. I have not, not quite seen it yet. I'm very excited. I'm a big Whitest Kids You Know fan. And so I yeah. am excited for, for Zach to have been hitting it big with this. Yeah, I, um, I've been watching interviews with him. I, I am not super familiar with Whitest Kids You Know, but the friend that I went and saw it with is... And uh, I was just I was just making jokes about, you know, the whole time we were watching it, like, oh, I can really tell this is from the director of Miss March. (laughs) It's it's not only like a really solid, scary movie, but like you can see his directorial choices are really interesting in it. Like it, it is not anonymous at all, you know, so I think you're going to let me know what you think of it. I will. I'm, I'm very excited to see it. You know, it seems like we're in kind of a, a, a nice little upswing here for some horror stuff coming out. So I'm excited about that. As far as subgenre, obviously, it seems like paranormal activity or paranormal uh, found footage is the mm-hmm. one that got you into it. Has that remained your favorite steadfast through these uh, these further exposures? I mean, I, I do like this movie. I think this movie marries a lot of things that I like well and that. You know, mm-hmm. probably after watching some of the older stuff, I would say like a, a classic slasher is very much up there. You nice. know, like I want oh, yeah. group of teens slowly getting picked off. <laughs> and I will say I do. I think I gravitate more towards like I know in with Gorley and Rust, Paul Rust really loves a slasher movie where you like the characters. Mm-hmm. And that makes it like a tad. I, I need them to be either bland or a little bit unlikable you know (laughs) i don't because like he talks about you know friday the 13th part two it's like you love everyone right in that group and watching them get killed off is a little bit like oh my god but like we'll talk about with this (laughs) movie (laughs) but like we'll talk about with this movie you know it's i'm not saying they're wholly unlikable but they they each have bad traits about them and so mm-hmm. it's not yeah. just a huge gut punch when you know one of them gets killed off but i would say i i'm a little less um i've definitely kind of fallen out with the a24 sort of like quote-unquote elevated you know not a great term but that brand of horror and so like my favorite recently is more stuff like barbarian and like malignant you know that really kind of goes surprises me goes over the top with something and and definitely veers more into like fun rather than something like hereditary where i'm walking out and i'm like i that's that i'm (laughs) gay ruined my hurt yeah my stomach hurts (laughs) Uh, i I need to go lay down I remember me and my buddies, this came out when we were in college. We went to go see the Villeneuve movie Prisoners mm. with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and and, uh, and that gang. Major downer. And it's so bleak that we literally walked out. We like saw a matinee, mm-hmm. walked out into the bright sunshine. <laughs> my buddy had to like go to a Phillies game afterward. <laughs> we're all just like, have fun. All right, well, guess I'll see you later. <laughs> yeah, that one's rough. I mean, again, like like with yeah. the A24 stuff, it's it's hard to walk out and be like, I didn't just see a good movie. Like, that movie is, like, impeccable. But it's just, mm-hmm. I think it's kind of just as I've grown older, I don't have 
the stomach for that stuff anymore. Like I need it to either be over the top or, or even just like with non-horror stuff. I'm, I'm like, I want spectacle. You know, I want like sure. Top Gun Maverick, you know. Great movie. Saw it twice. Yeah. Three times here. And that's not to say I don't I don't love the indie stuff. I've still got A24 posters up in my house like a fucking nerd. But, um, oh, can we curse on here? <laughs> can we curse on here, George? Yes. Okay. Um. I, uh, <laughs> I, I assume if you're old enough to see these movies that you can handle a few swear words. Yeah. But, yes, I mean, I still see all that stuff. It's just I've, I've kind of noticed, you know, looking back at my letterbox over the past couple of years, it's like I'm, I'm becoming a little more of a my dad almost in the stuff that I've heard, you know. <laughs> Nothing wrong with wanting a fun time at the movies, in my opinion. Yeah. We're talking today about the movie Unfriended, released yes. wide in April of 2015, directed by Levon Gabriadzi mm-hmm. and written by Nelson Greaves. And um, this is one that I had been hearing about for a long time because pretty much everybody exclusively said it's way better than you think it's going to be. <laughs> They're right. They were right. It turns out it's actually the best horror movie ever made. Exactly. The movie plays directly with our engagement with the internet in what I find to be a very cool way. And it arrived just as it was on everybody's mind, sort of changing from an accessory and potential plot hole in movies to the focus of the story. And I find these type of stories pretty compelling because they play with the idea from Marshall McLuhan, who you may recall from the Videodrome discussion, that, quote, all technologies are extensions of our physical and nervous systems to increase power and speed, that the internet has truly become part of us. But the issue arrives from how this thought continues, that each technological extension amputates or modifies a different one. And so his example was losing Morse code skills as we developed voice-based radios. And here, by being in constant contact with others, thanks to the internet, We've even further diminished our already lacking empathy, which stops us from relentlessly bullying people to death. (laughs) Yes, definitely. And so I just think that this is really, like, it is goofy. There's a lot of slashery stuff going on, but it is genuinely, I think, touching on some interesting themes in terms of what we do to each other through the internet and, and how we react to the permanence of it. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I think I, I'm, I'm guessing a lot of people didn't know that director writer team that you named. I had never seen them before. I have not seen them since. Mm-hmm. But like, I really do think like the craft in this, it it is like so. And it's another thing that I love about found footage is like it because of low budget, it can feel so authentic, you know, and mm-hmm. um, sure. I remember watching this in the theater. At the time, I was really into reading AV Club reviews, and they gave it a B plus, and I was like shocked. I was like, "Oh, I guess I I have to see this if it's worthy of a B plus." <laughs> and so I took the time to go see it, and I just remember being like floored by how everything that's used on the computer screen—it's not a ripoff you know they're not using using like internet search it's like google you know it's facebook (laughs) it drives me fucking crazy (laughs) it's it's surprising when you do see a movie that's like no this is skype she's using spotify you know and all all that i mean we'll talk about more of like the um some of the uh 
the little tricks that they use with, you know, like uh, seeing the computer screen, because uh, I'm sure you're going to mention, like, it's part of this new genre now that's like, Mm -hmm. it's almost like a screen casted movie. And the, the whole movie is her MacBook screen. Right. And, you know, I know you talked with, with Mike Hanford about, about host, which I think is the most recent one of this genre that I've seen, but like, right. you know, there's a, there's a sequel to this dark web that commits to the bit too. And then like searching, which is less of a horror movie with John Cho, which also really commits to right. it. And I, I love, I, I love that format. I just think it's so fun to have the layers of the screen and be looking at everything that's going on on their desktop. It's, Oh, I love it. Yeah, I think that part of what makes this movie so good is that it does feel shockingly natural in its usage of the computer. Mm -hmm. This is something that has famously been difficult to manage. You know, people like uh, the keyboard to click on stuff sure, <laughs> and everything. Yeah. And yeah, it, it feels real in this movie because everything around it is real. Mm -hmm. And so by creating that environment, that lets us sort of sink into the movie in a way that seeing... Ask Jeeves Eugle yes. is like, it just doesn't, you look at that and you go, well, I, I feel like I'm being insulted mm -hmm. here. <laughs> like, yeah. And if this movie, which costs a million dollars, can afford to pay for whatever those names cost, just fucking pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they could make it work and it's like this little dinky thing that was like, they had a production of, you know, 16 days. It's like. Yeah, it, it, there's no excuse, you know, unless you're doing the iCarly route of everything isn't an Apple product. It's like a pair phone, you know, that's the yeah. only excuse right. I'll buy. <laughs> there was actually a showcase at the Fantasia Festival in 2014 called Antisocial Media, and uh, they played movies that revolved around social media, as you might imagine, which included Ingtugi, Battle of the Internet Trolls. The Snow White murder case, Killers, Open Windows, and our movie Unfriended, although it was known as Cybernatural at the time, and before that, known as Offline. Ooh. Offline is fine. Cybernatural, I give I give two thumbs down to. I can't believe that was <laughs> the they thought that was an improvement on Offline. My, yeah. I will say my favorite yeah. is Unfriended. I think they landed on the best. I game. totally agree. I think Unfriended is perfect, totally sums up. Yeah. The bullying stuff that's going on as well, it works works perfectly. Yeah. I saw this be attributed as the first feature film to be entirely set on a computer screen. But this is kind of complicated because this and Open Windows both premiered at film festivals in early 2014. But Open Windows was technically a little earlier and seemingly also takes place at least mostly on a computer. But the problem is that it sounded terrible, and I didn't want to watch it. So, so I have no way to confirm if it does, in fact, take place entirely on a computer. Uh, so it, it is at least one of the first to, uh, to take place entirely on a computer. Yeah, I, I think I did watch some of Open Windows. Um, it's much different, and I don't think it feels as... It's, I don't think it replicates it as well. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, I think that's that is what I've seen attributed as like the first, the very first to do yeah. anything with it. That's not the best movie. That's not the best horror no. movie. This is certainly not. Sorry, Elijah Wood. It's like Halloween. <laughs> you know, it's like oh, it was the first slasher. Not really. But I mean, come on. Right. 
it perfected the form. There you go. Exactly. Who's going to talk about Bay of Blood when you got Halloween standing right, right. there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do, you know, you talked about how you like the computer screen stuff. I also think that it is a fun twist, and it's novel still to me. It is interesting because it kind of removes a lot of the momentum of a found footage movie. But it also, I think, does create a more realistic, to me, situation. Because people aren't just still wandering around recording. They're in their house, sitting at their computer, where we spend most of our day. You know, it's a lot harder to desensitize yourself to that than to wandering around the Burkittsville woods. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like you kind of you have that thought a lot in found footage when someone is physically holding a camera and pointing it at the terrifying thing in front of them where it's like, why are you Mm -hmm. doing that right now? You know, (laughs) but this movie, I I saw a lot of people complaining about it on the letterbox reviews, you know, about like turn the computer off. But it's like, you leave, you die. You you leave the call, you die. So it's just like... Right. I, she explicitly yeah. says they can't yeah. stop it. Like, they try to block the call. Right. I, what do these people want? <laughs> they just want to quote tweet that Tyler, the creator tweet where he says, how is cyberbullying real? Get off the computer. <laughs> I, I get it. It's a funny tweet. It doesn't apply to the movie. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, we've kind of been talking around this. But one thing that I think is interesting is that our movies now tend to get lumped in with form as the definition of the genre rather than the story, which is to say things are now a found footage movie or the A24 aspect ratio in-house style kind of thing Mm -hmm. instead of being like a vampire movie. (laughs) Like vampire movies don't all look the same anymore because it's about the form that it takes. Right. And I think that that is interesting because that emphasis on the form of the of the actual movie has led to sort of warping that in order to keep things fresh. And I think that this style of the computer stuff works well as a progression from found footage because found footage still has an emphasis on how cinematic it was. Mm-hmm. But this then blurs the line of realism because it engages more with the form in the way that we do. Right. You know, several times watching this, I I think that this movie is greatly improved by watching it on a computer, frankly. Mm -hmm. Like, if you have, like, a nice computer and you watch it on there, I tried to scroll on Mm -hmm. the computer several times just looking at her her desktop. I don't even have a Mac. I don't even have a Mac, and I was, like, trying to scroll. It really does a great job of, like finding those little moments where you let your guard down. Yeah. And and it can only do that by playing with the shape that the movie takes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, like, another... Just while you were talking about the found footage, you know, like, this evolution of it, I think another thing that really... If you're watching it on your computer screen, that is something that you have done. Like, you have mm-hmm. you have sat here and you have opened up Facebook... You know, and like that, it just, it's a, it's a level above someone making a documentary. Mm -hmm. It's so much more domestic, you know, Michael Myers coming Mm -hmm. into the suburbs. Like this is like, the threat is like in your home, on your computer screen, you know, something (laughs) that you feel like you, you have that familiarity with, you know. Definitely. I also do think it's interesting that you can kind of see it in reverse with video games, in that they have gotten more and more cinematic, even outside of cutscenes, because platforms like Twitch provide a shift in the way that people engage now as viewers instead of players. 
so it is kind of interesting to just see the two diverging paths yeah. here. But this warped form does a few other cool things, like opening up new aesthetics that are interesting. You know, the video duplicating and stretching and all the glitches and stuff that, especially now that we've all been locked up at home for three years, you know, you see all of these things on Zoom and you start fucking around with virtual backgrounds and stuff. And uh, suddenly all of these things take on new meaning as you watch the, the ghost sort of fuck with the uh, the transmission here. Yeah, every glitch, every buffer it starts out and it's it's completely innocuous you know it's it's something that you're you're like yeah on, on zoom on skype that's what happens but as soon as things start to get a little spooky it's like every glitch becomes is that something sinister you know mm-hmm. and it, it, it yeah. it's and that game is is super fun to evolve over the runtime Definitely. And ghost stories prey on that feeling of anxiety when something is a little off. And these distortions completely prime you for that anxiety, I think. Definitely. It also, it kind of reminds me of the 2006 Kiyoshi Kurosawa movie Pulse. Very good movie that I highly recommend to people. But the idea is that the computer, and and this was before social media, really, like MySpace was big and Facebook had just launched. But compared to social media as we know it today... Not not really. But now social media in particular, as relates to Unfriended, doesn't just connect us, but also fragments us. You know, you, you, you stop feeling the connection in the same way that you would if, if you really, like, hung out with that person face to face. Yeah. But this is part of a long lineage that extends beyond, but especially since 1998, when The Ring came out. Got my got my ring shirt on oh, yeah, just yeah. for the occasion. That's good. <laughs> but movies played with the specific anxieties of new media. Not only that, oh, did that person get hacked? Is this email legit or a scam? How did they get my address or my name or whatever? But also, as I sort of mentioned, the fear of permanence of our misdeeds being broadcast and cast in stone, especially in pe- in front of people who don't actually know you, and especially, especially if you're a youth. When it happens, you know, people grow and change and and for kids to have their dumbass decisions forever on the Internet is a, a scary thought. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, I'm I, I think I, I got a Twitter when I was like a freshman in college and, you know, like uh, when I got my first real job, I had to go back through and look at you know those years of tweets and what <laughs> dumb shit i said and didn't agree with anymore you know yeah. and i didn't even have the chance to be doing it when i was in when i was in 6th grade so i can imagine it would be 10 times worse yeah oh yeah and this was a driving force for the director who said quote i'm a very shy person and try to live my own little life but with the internet suddenly everything becomes public and everybody is under the spotlight Every mistake you make is documented and stays there. It really is a tough place to be because the internet doesn't forget. Yeah. And he's right. And Blair says, you know, near the end when she's she's talking to Laura, she says, we're not bad people. Um, and it's like every day you go on Twitter and people are making the judgment of, is this person a bad person? Are they redeemable? Yeah. You know? And I don't even think it had gotten to that that level when this movie came out you know people weren't as online in in 2014 2015 as they are now and it's it they, it's just been proven more and more right 
and this was before like deep fakes and stuff mm-hmm. where it's becoming more and more terrifying where spoiler alert for what the actual video is but they could deep fake someone shitting themselves <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and put that online. Nikki Laura. If they just thought, well, like, you know, they all seem to dislike her, why wouldn't they do that? You know? That'd be funny yeah, for a high school exactly. group of high school idiots to do. And the writer of Unfriended, Nelson Greaves, also agreed with this. He told the New York Times, we don't think about it that much, but our digital lives are full of secrets. You type in a password to get onto the computer. You type in another password to get onto your email. And I'm going to now extrapolate that to social media as well. And because of these passwords, we feel like these are safe spaces. And so we behave in these spaces in ways that we don't anywhere else. Yeah, for sure. The quote, these spaces that Greaves is talking about is what artist Richard Packer calls the third space, which is a place in between the first space, which is the physical and known world. And the second space, which is the virtual world. And so to try and sum this up, basically it's a networked space where things can go beyond the representationality of the second space and influence the first one. So despite people being like, Twitter isn't real, it's representational and whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, the feeling that you get after being yelled at on Twitter is very real. It does influence the, the, the meat space, as it were. And it's a unique environment these cohabitated places where where we're all agreeing that we're just all gonna hang out here now and and the internet has been pushing towards this more and more you know it used to be that there were real websites and now it's just a thousand blogs and reddit yeah it's becoming a much more tiny environment and so the people who can influence things in those smaller spaces uh, have more and more power in the real world as well you know despite there there is a certain element of you know, if you can shut the computer and not not have anything happen, it's not a real consequence. But, you know, your emotions uh, are, are, can certainly be influenced that way. Yeah, and that's just all a, a person-to-person thing, whether you can do that or not. You know, it, it, right. it very easily translates to, like, a real-world consequence, you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And electronic communications in general also kind of create an uncanny feeling, thanks to the separation You know, every day, everybody we know is simultaneously closer and more accessible than ever to help us kill time, despite the lack of physical presence. And I think that this creates a great fertile ground for horror because we're able to see the threats grow and grow urgent, but we're too far to do anything about it. Yeah, that's uh, that's something that I was sort of curious going into this was, you know, how much tension would there be with like just watching someone on their zoom screen have something happen to them. I don't think that this falls into there that plays well with what is going on, you know, how much control do they have over being to prevent it? I think they play well with that in a way that the tension is there, but there's definitely yeah. a, a danger to it where, you know, it can almost feel voristic where you're just watching these things happen. And it's like, well, there was no chance they were ever going to get out of this anyways. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that it, it creates the same feeling watching this happen to these kids that it does when you see like a fun Twitter argument and you're like, oh, well, let me get my two cents <laughs> <Yeah>. in here. <laughs> like, let me let me throw a dunk. Yeah, in. you would be the even if you're not watching, you know, the Zoom call. I I think I'd probably be one of the people commenting on like 
you know, the Instagram photo that Val puts up of saying, kill yourself, Laura, being like, you're terrible. Why would you do this? You know? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Uh, It's, it's a, it's an interesting dynamic that it's playing with. It's a small cast. Our main performance is Shelly Hennig as Blair Lilly. Uh, she was in MTV's Teen Wolf before this, and her computer screen has a tab open to stream that show, which is fun. I, I thought that was a nice little nod. Yep. We have Jacob Wysocki as Kenneth Smith, a.k.a. Kennington for the Skype username. The only one besides Laura to do anything fun with the name. Jacob Rules, very funny guy in general. Very fun surprise to see him in this. So that was, uh, that was cool. Yeah, he's awesome. I think at the time I had only ever seen him in that John C. Riley movie, Terry. Have you ever seen that movie? I don't think I know that one. That was the the first thing I I knew him from, but um, really good in that, really good in this, and you know has been good in everything I've seen him in. Hell yeah, and and he's uh, been making the rounds on Earwolf shows, which has been uh, very exciting yeah. to see. He was on CBB a couple times, worked with John Mackey. Our main crew is rounded out by Moses Storm as Mitch. Great name, cool name, <laughs> yes. And then Will Peltz as Adam and Renee Olstead as Jess. At WonderCon, they were discussing some interesting production information. I watched one of the panels, and apparently the actors were all in the same house shooting, but they each got their own room to kind of decorate however they wanted. So it was just the one building, but they they, they did a great job of making it look like several different houses. <laughs> yeah, and I think all those rooms feel very real to me. You know, if it, mm-hmm. it seems like Ken is streaming in some sort of, like, storage-ish type of extra room. <laughs> Um, Blair's yeah. room feels ve- very real. I think Mitch is the only one to have his computer sort of up, like on a mantle or a shelf yeah. or something. And so you can see it's just it, it all feels like very spot on to me. Yeah, they're definitely distinct in ways that help to keep track of who they are and learn more about mm-hmm. them as well. They also said that they were having a tough time doing like the peaks and valleys of getting the energy up for multiple 10-minute takes. So they actually shot the entire movie in an 80-minute take that they then did pickups for later. Uh, Pretty wild. They got directions through instant messages and stayed in the moment with six different GoPros running simultaneously on the the computers. And, of course, this moved the production along very quickly. As you said, 16 days total, including six 12-hour days of principal photography and then three days of pickup shoots and uh, reshoots and stuff like that. So very quick, but it looks great. <laughs> it was a million dollar budget and it made $64 million at the box office with mildly positive reviews from critics, uh, although they spent a lot of money on advertising. So according to Deadline, the final profit was more like $17 million once everybody got their beaks wet. I genuinely don't know if that's interesting to anyone besides me, but, <laughs> but there you go. Did you see that 60% of the marketing budget was for digital stuff? Smart. I I think I probably saw an ad for this on Vine. Rest in peace, Vine. Let's get into the actual movie. I love, I've talked about it before, I like when the production cards do a fun thing. Glitched Universal logo. Yeah, it was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) But we open up on the MacBook desktop. There's a few pieces of information to absorb right away. First, the profile name on the top right, saying this belongs to Blair Lilly. Second, there's a bunch of photos, including a cute cat. Third, like we said, they're actually using Chrome, which does a lot to make this feel real. But finally, and most importantly, they're clicking on a live leak video of Fresno high schooler Laura Barnes shooting herself, which links to the embarrassing video posted by classmates that drove her to it, literally entitled Laura Barnes Kill Yourself, spelled U-R-S-E-L-F. Yeah, you know, I, I remember thinking even in the theater, that's 
These kids are using that, really. <laughs> it made me laugh. It made me laugh, though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, like, it's got some pretty some pretty funny moments in it. So because this is the best movie, the best horror movie, I will give it to them and say um, that was intentionally funny. <laughs> I, I, genu- I genuinely think it might yeah. be. But, uh, but who knows? Heather Sossaman, who plays Laura, had to shoot several different suicide methods she said that there were seven uh although the only thing that i the only alternative that she actually mentioned was uh hanging because she talked about how it was very scary to shoot that and actually kind of painful because she had to you know even with the safety equipment you still have to like hang from the neck for a little bit so yeah i always question shooting yourself i think that is very scary it would never be the way that i kill myself but mm-hmm. I do think that, um, as we'll see over the sh- the course of the movie, Laura does have a bit of a flair for the dramatic. So very I, true. I believe that she would want to go out with a bang, um, so to speak. <laughs> literally, literally. <laughs> they yeah, and like I said, I literally like as as early as this, like tried to scroll down because the yeah. video was like just barely above the fold, and I was like, let me see. <laughs> But before we can actually see the embarrassing video, she gets a Skype call from her boyfriend, Mitch. And they flirt a bunch, and both of them do just enough weird stuff like demon voice and using a knife in their dirty talk to be like, well, whatever goes down later, they're on the list of possibilities. (laughs) (laughs) But they're interrupted by their friends Adam, Jess, and Ken, who bust their chops, but they also notice a sixth participant, no video or name, and they can't force it to hang up, so they all agree to just regroup. Um, and real quick though, Blair messages Mitchie and says, what the hell? Why'd you answer? And he says he didn't. So then who did a ghost? Something's amiss. I do want to say real quick, there is one detail that I think we'll, we'll come back to when they're they're you know, Mitch and, and Blair are in various states of, or maybe we're kind of being sexy. I don't know, but <laughs> One of the things that is mentioned is that Blair is finally ready, mm. and she would like prom night to be the night yes. that her and Mitch finally do the deed. Exactly. And he's stoked. He's very stoked. I believe he fist pumps. <laughs> and then he, he I, I think he does two, four, six, eight, who do we appreciate your booty? I think is what he says. Might have been booty. Might have been your boobs, to be honest. Okay. Uh, I, I wasn't quite sure. They all get back in the video chat, but the ghost slash hacker, they don't know which yet, is still silently looming, so they hop back off, and Mitch messages Blair now to be like, by the way, I got a weird message from Laura Barnes, who, as we all just saw, is very dead, and Blair gets upset at this, but suddenly she's getting a message from Laura, too, and it's almost more upsetting that it's like kind of an innocuous message, where she's like, hey, Blair, what are you watching? But... Also, one bit of, like, I I think interesting background is that we know how social media advertising works, that it's based on, like, your searches and profile and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And one of the ads to the side is Blair is getting uh, advertisements to fight depression. So I thought that this is kind of, like, an interesting, like, she's feeling the effects of losing her friend and all all that jazz, like, you know, just a little piece of character building there. Yeah, lots of fun character building just sort of in the fringes of her mm-hmm. windows. I would I would, just wanted to run down a few of my th- things that I really loved. Blair has her favorites 
up at the Chrome Bar. She is a big fan of Pinterest, which has kind of fallen off since 2015. She also frequents Jezebel Celebrity Gossip. And uh, one bookmark is just called Puzzle Games. So she must like puzzle games. Hell yeah. Who doesn't? Another thing, I'm not sure if this has actually come in yet but from where we are in the runtime, but they're doing this fun thing where there's no score, but there is a few songs soundtracking moments where they're not on the call, and that is because Blair is playing music on her Spotify. Right. It's got a, a very realistic assortment of dumb playlist names. She... <laughs> the... <laughs> <laughs> the playlist that she's she's choosing from is just called Rando, and it's just a bunch of songs. I did notice she does not have, she really doesn't have any artist on there multiple times, except she has three songs in a row from Jay-Z's album Magna Carta Holy Grail. Wow. <laughs> which I think must have just come out <laughs> at the time. So she really loved that album. That's the one. <laughs> Do we think that that is distributed by Universal? Ooh, very interesting. I'm going to have to say yes. music. UMG, that's got to stand. Universal Music Group, baby. (laughs) Good thinking. (laughs) That's synergy. And look, you noticed. (laughs) And now I download that album. Of course. And and it's my favorite album of all time, just like Blair. What she was watching is the video, Laura Barnes, Kill Yourself, is the name of the video. So she quickly, like, pulls up her history and deletes it, which is so funny to me. Like, yeah, that'll work. Just delete the history. (laughs) It's like I never looked at it. (laughs) They'll never know. Also very funny to look at the rest of the history there and see her Googling, like, song meanings, Johnny Cash (laughs) spiritual. (laughs) Yeah, I did not notice that. That's very good. That's what real people do. That's exactly how I would phrase it if I were looking for the song meaning to Johnny Cash's spiritual. (laughs) She deletes a few responses before finally asking who's doing this. When she gets a video call from Adam, you can see the freaking blue box is still just waiting there. This deleting responses thing is something that I really like about this movie. It's such an interesting, like, stream of consciousness style you get a few different thoughts out there you see so clearly into the character of like what they're thinking and what they're willing to actually say yeah it's just a a, a perfect mechanic for for delivering character information yeah it's i i really loved how it's it's utilized and it's you know, she kind of shifts depending on where she's talking. Like, if it, what she wants to broadcast to a Facebook, posting on Facebook, you see some of her Facebook posts, you see her just talking to Mitch one on one, you see her typing in the Skype chat to everyone. And I think that's, we haven't gotten to this moment yet, but there's a moment where Blair is saying, You didn't know Laura like I did. And she's really, mm-hmm. she's, you can tell by, what she's typing out and backspacing, she's really not sure how much she wants to divulge to Mitch about Laura's past and and some of the family issues that she might have had. I love it. It's right, great. right. There's an uncle. Oh, she deletes that and just says family, family stuff. stuff. Yeah. Like, it's not, yeah. It's like, okay, that obviously we get to know now there was some real fucked up mm-hmm. shit happening, but... It, it does such a great job of keeping that information from the other characters uh, in a way that it might still blow up in their face yeah. later. 
most of them shrug off the blue box in the call still, but Mitchie is still worried. After all, it's the anniversary of her death, and he's been reading unexplainedforums.net boards. Do not answer <laughs> messages from the dead. Oh, dude, it's so funny. <laughs> this this article is so funny. It's literally about answering Skype calls from the dead. It says it's been confirmed many times on the forums here that posts from social media accounts of the deceased can be affected by possession just as easily as anything else. Asked and answered, then. I, I actually do kind of like this, where, like, even if it's fucking dumb... If they're just like, just this is how it works. Then I'm like, all right, I guess. I love it. Text messages I, are ghosts. I remember <laughs> it, I, there is there is re- very seldom a time where I think that exposition of whatever witchcraft or demon is is you know the big bad that that exposition of how to defeat them, where they're coming from, is delivered in an artful way. I think that is very mm-hmm. hard to do. I mean, even in a movie like Hereditary, which I love, it's Tony Collette going up into the attic and finding just boxes of witch books, you know? And I remember <laughs> being like, I thought this was like the most artful m- movie of the year, you know? What gives? <laughs> just saying, just committing to, we know we have to show you this shit. We get it. You, you need to understand this. It's on a web page. <laughs> We're showing it to you. You get it. It's done. You know, I'm, yeah. I, I appreciate yeah. just being like, it's just they. Yeah, exactly. We, we're done with it. You get it. Clean your hands. Yeah. I also here's something else I like is when she says, oh, I'm going to report it. She Googles dead person Facebook <laughs> hacked. And the first result is unexplained forums.net, baby. Yep. <laughs> That's great SEO implementation happening yes, over there sure. on unexplained forums.net. So she goes to memorialize the Facebook account, which requires proof of death. So she pulls up a story from the Fresno Star. It says that Laura has attempted suicide in the past from bullying by her theater class peers related to eating disorders. These fucking theater kids. Am I right? (laughs) It's always the theater kids. And I I do Mm -hmm. love that the little I didn't even I don't even know if this is real that to memorialize a Facebook account, you do need a link to like an obit or a news article or something. But I loved that little bit of plotting where so she needs to go find the article about Laura and then you get to see it. Yeah, it's really well done. Also, more programmatic ads that put you in the mind of Blair on the side here. This one is a paranoid ad that says, who is following me? Find out now. Yeah, and these ads are, I mean, some of these do sound sinister. I want to be clear, there's usually an ad for, like, steak kebabs or, like, a recipe nearby, too. <laughs> right, it doesn't It doesn't feel out of place right. when you're watching it. And, and it's only because I'm going through looking for these things. But I think that even in the moment, even if you don't, like, clock it as being sinister... Mm-hmm. That it still, like, gets in your head, I think, you know, even while you're just, like, absorbing the scene in general. And so she submits the the info to Facebook, and it doesn't work. It switches to all of the fields are filled with, in all caps, I got her. And so she and Mitch are freaking out. Just unfriend her, he says. That's the name? The name of the movie. There you go. (laughs) But that won't work either, nor reporting or blocking until she refreshes the page, which it, also made me it's laugh so that that worked. To be like, it's not working. And then for you to have some dipshit tell you just refresh the page, it's so annoying. And then for it to work is like, it makes it 10 times worse. <laughs> 
Yeah, it is really great. But she still gets a message from the Laura account that says, you shouldn't have done that, Blair. Another, just you. She also says, I want your help. Even before Blair can shoot off her, what do you want response? Which this is another little thing that I really love where it's like, well, she could just be preempting it because that's a very obvious thing that would be asked. But also, it, it's a little creepy where you're like, oh, how, can she see what she's typing yeah. even if she doesn't send right. it? Um, it works in, in keeping that, that uh, eerie feeling for sure. She thinks it's Val, and she adds Val to the conversation while everyone is like, oh, we hate Val. <laughs> yeah, Val is muted at first and Ken very quickly calls her a dumb bitch. And she's like, I can fucking hear you just because I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. muted. <laughs> Which I did think, like, yeah, he knows you can hear him. Like, he's calling you a dumb bitch. Like, that's true. But I mean, many times at work, I've been like, I can still hear you, even though I'm muted. Yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't work right. that way. So you know, who, who knows? Especially in 2014, before everyone is uh, is all over Zoom and everything. But. That's true. It, we we did not have the experience with it that we do now. So it, it should be a yeah. little more forgivable. So it just goes to show Ken is not the biggest fan of Val. He's not giving yeah. her too much rope there. Right. And suddenly Jess's profile posts a bunch of photos of Val getting fucked up on Facebook. And she's like, I've never even seen these before, but I love Ken being like, they're like talking about it for a little bit. And then he's like, Hey, should I look at these photos? <laughs> he's like, if you're going to go delete these and it's these crazy uh, photos of you getting all fucked up and smoking weed and everything. Yeah. The, the devil's lettuce. She needs them deleted because Val is friends with her mom on there. So who among us has not been so there? This is unacceptable. <laughs> Now, they all start fighting, and Jess is having trouble deleting them, but suddenly they're posted from Adam's profile, too, and these catty comments start popping up in the video chat as people get more and more frustrated, but it also points to their individual things that they get bullied about, like Val being a bitch, uh, you know, this is, Ken is not the only one to call her this, and Jess dating a bunch of the football team, you know, they, they imply that she's a bit promiscuous, even, we'll she, say. even though it's only been two. Right, right. Two guys. Suddenly the mysterious blue square pipes up in the chat and says, it was me, hello, I'm Billy227, which is Laura's account. And of course, I, saw, I loved your, your letterbox review here. Our man Ken, obvious troll is obvious. It's a troll. And and Blair does say, what is a troll? And I have to say, <laughs> even in 2014, 2015, what percentage of anyone who's online does not know? Come on, Blair. That one really stuck out to me as well as being like, okay, this is for the elderly in the yeah, audience. If <laughs> yeah, this is for the the 60-year-olds that wandered into a matinee of Unfriended. When, yeah, they just go see every movie. Yeah, when they couldn't get into, I think this was the same opening weekend as Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. So maybe they couldn't get into that one. I'm sure it was packed. Yeah, yeah. Um, this this got the overflow. Yeah, and I do like that they don't drag out too much the game of who's doing what. You know, like because there it is there is the there is a, a couple minutes of just being like I didn't post those, and then Adam immediately posting them after Jess deletes them, and also being like I didn't do that either. And it is even yeah. as long as they do go, it's like. 
things are happening to you that you don't understand. So it's not super sustainable mm-hmm. to also be like, well, fuck you. You just did that. You're saying you didn't, but I know you did, you know? Right. And then thankfully, right. Billy's just like, it was me. I'm doing it. Yeah, it is great. It's important even just for Adam, like his hands are up. Like he's like away from the computer when they post. And so we even get there like a second before where we're like, okay, we know it's not him. Yep. We're ready for the ghost shit to start popping off. Yeah. And it does. They do. Hands up. And that- Who's doing this? And they all put their hands up. <laughs> and then Billy types. Hell yeah. It's awesome. Val threatens Billy. And she says, I'm going to come there and kick your ass. And Laura is like, you wouldn't like it here. Presumably because they're in hell. <laughs> yeah. Some are not great. Purgatory. I don't know. The spirit realm. She's trapped in the wires. Yeah. I don't know. She does not like it. And I, she's, she's right. She's stuck in Blair's computer. <laughs> I get it. I I wouldn't want to be there either. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And it it does keep typing despite everyone having their hands up. And it sends Val something that really upsets her. So she goes to call the cops and she drops off the call. Yeah. Unseen. They, I think Blair asks Mitch what was sent and you, you don't see, but then yeah, it's becoming clear. She's got dirt on, on these guys. Part of what's fun about the like desktop view Mm -hmm is that things will sometimes, like, poke off the side or whatever, like, even while she has another window up. Yeah. And so, like, she p- pulls up the chat with Mitch, and you'll still just see, like, Ken smoking weed in the corner. <laughs> yeah, it does a nice thing where when... I didn't actually notice it the first time I watched it. Like, is she muting the chat or not? And it just kind of fades. Fades out, yes. And then they might be like, Blair... Blair, hello, and then it'll the sound will come back up and she'll move back to the Skype window. I think it's a very artful way of doing that. He can't take a screen grab for proof of the messages, so they're all like, okay, I guess we just hang up, until they're stopped by Jess getting an email from Billy with a link to Instagram, Val plays the game, round one, exposure. She can't forward it, though, so she just shares her screen and opens the link. And I I did interpret this as what Val got that upset her because she took it as a threat, she says. So to me, this was her being like, oh, you're sending this to me as like, oh, I'm about to expose you, which is what she does. But it's a message from Laura to Val saying, hey, sorry I was mean to you, but if you posted that video, please take it down. And Val responding, here's an idea. Why don't you kill yourself? LOL. (laughs) LOL. It's funny. That's a funny thing to say to someone. It's it's that the scene is really good with uh, Blair getting the email and not being able to figure out how to forward it. And it's, you know, Adam's mm-hmm. like, you idiot, press forward button. And she's like, it's not there. <laughs> and I know that if I was on a call with someone, someone being like, there's no forward button, you'd be like, yeah, there is. How could it be? You, right. you don't see it. <laughs> and then her sharing it with Ken and Ken being like, huh. And then at that point, another thing that I really love, not exactly in this moment, I do think she lingers her mouse on the link. And Ken's like, click it. <laughs> like he, <laughs> she, she does it for a while of just like trying to yeah. decide whether she wants to click it or not. But they play a lot of really good tension with the mm. mouse moving towards things. Blair, you can tell Blair is uneasy about clicking things. That's another another aspect of the whole screen share format that I, I really loved. Yeah, and it's working. It's working the tension in that way, and also just doing it really effectively in the script. Yeah. 
because I, I love Ken coming in hot here, and he says, Laura was a big bully, and she deserved all the shit she got for the video. And the more they talk about this video, the more I want to see it, baby. Yeah. I got to see what they're talking about that was so embarrassing for her. Yes. That, uh, that, that she killed herself. And this is, of course, the voyeurism that is so inherent to the, the issue in this movie, what they're talking about. We are all made culpable by the uh, by the skill of the writing in the movie. Yeah. Blair does try to stick up for her a bit in the message with Mitch. This is where, you know, like we said they're deleting the uncle stuff. Yeah, but she says it's like, it's like Ken a, shouldn't say that. She's she feels yeah. bad that Ken thinks she deserved it. Yeah. Right. Um and I just, you know, we talked about the deleting stuff. I just think that it's like a cool it's like an interior monologue without having to do the narration. And narration is always yeah. terrible yeah it's a fun because i i always notice that you know in in stuff that gets adapted from books where you've got you know you can read all this stuff that the character's thinking and then you yeah it, it, to the the move to just hearing them say it always feels a little off but because you can read it in this case it's a really nice melding of that totally agree laura says if she hangs up all her friends will die so, fuck off, everyone who says, why don't they just yeah, hang up? Yeah, letterbox reviewers, get off your high horse, <laughs> losers. I mean, we're both on there, too. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we're fucking losers. <laughs> uh, yeah. But suddenly Val is back, and she has a broken mirror and an open bottle of bleach next to her. Very intense scene to open up on. It looks frozen and everything. Yeah, Val, you're frozen. I'm going to call her. Blair calls her, and you ring, see... Ring. You First, you hear the dog in the background. Mm. So you're like, okay, is, mm-hmm. her, is her video frozen, but we can still hear her audio? She's not saying anything. Then, mm. as Blair's call's coming through, the phone slowly creeps in on the counter from off-camera. It's very well done. Love yeah. that. Billy227 says, Val Ramel, kill yourself. And suddenly the camera flips as the computer falls to the floor and there's a little yelp from Val. The cops arrive and I, again, really love them trying to, like, decipher this police code. I think it's really good, especially when you, like, they mishear it at first and you're like, no, you're not even looking for the right thing. She looks up. um, At first she thinks they're saying mental case. Mm. She gets, I think, 5150 is the incorrect thing right. that they the, hear. The classic Van Halen, Van Halen album. Yeah, and Machine Gun <laughs> Kelly song from his last album, if wow. you've not heard that. <laughs> I, I haven't. But so, yeah, they, they mishear it. They're looking at that, and, and Blair is convinced that it has something to do with Val's seizures. She remembers mm-hmm. Val telling her at some point about seizures. She looks through her Gmail <laughs> as if this couldn't happen in real life. It must have been an email. Comes up empty. Proof. Proof. <laughs> but they they finally get that it's a 1055. That's a suicide. When suddenly the camera shuts off. And it's, I mean, but like the, the police close yep. it. it, doesn't, it yeah, doesn't you see a policeman kneel by it. And they try for a second to get his attention. And then they're out of there. Val's, right. Val's done so. Yep. R.I.P. Val. And uh, Laura says, you each have dirty little secrets. I want to expose them. Blair, here's one of yours. And Blair accepts the files named Not Boyfriend and He Touch, even though someone wisely says, 
Hey, don't do that. Yeah, Ken says nobody <laughs> except. And I, I wondered if that meant Ken could just hear that that is coming through to Blair or if that is mm. being disseminated to multiple people or if mm. at that point Billy is giving them each something mm. that he's like, you know, that's know, specific man. to them, that he's like, nobody right. open that. Blair doesn't listen. Right. Blair doesn't. It's memes of her asleep with Adam. Yeah, it's got the impact font on it. Brutal. Oh, Ken has cheeseburger all <laughs> over that. <laughs> and Laura says, tonight we're going to play a game. This, this motherfucker's Jigsaw all of a sudden. <laughs> yes, a scarier version of Jigsaw, teenage girl. That's right. Ken, he's always the one with the bright ideas here. He says everyone mute the call and they all get on their phones instead. Although Billy is able to thwart this by uh, turning the mics back on. You've got a moment. But Ken has yeah, formula. So you've got a moment right. of it being off where Ken must divulge the, the main part of the plan. Because you kind of hear him being like, okay, I'm emailing it to you. And then they, they're done. But that was enough right. to get out the idea, which is... Well, yeah, so they're going to run this program to figure out who it is. But that does mean staying on the call. Yeah. And something else I really like here is that Jess doesn't know where her phone is, so she's not in the call. Yeah. And we now get an audience surrogate to also not know what's going right, on yeah. with. And so Ken sends them all this antivirus program that deletes a lot of infected files from Blair's computer, including the Miley Cyrus episode of SNL. Yeah, Trojan Destroyer careful, is Blair. going through all her stuff, and uh, it's got a biohazard symbol. It seems pretty intense, so maybe it's getting some stuff yeah. she doesn't exactly want to be deleted. But, you know, Billy says, right. I don't know what you're doing. You guys better stop it. I'm giving you a minute. <laughs> so you're seeing right. the countdown clock. As Blair's antivirus is working, and she Ooh, she's fun. continually fucking up by <laughs> not exiting out of the program that is downloading the SNL episode, and it's not letting her empty her trash. It's so good, right? <laughs> it's it's perfect. Who hasn't been there? <laughs> We've all felt that frustration of why won't my trash empty? Can you imagine how much right. worse it, it even tells be? It like tells you several times, and you just like click through the window. You're like, just fucking delete yeah, it. Yeah, and you're getting the donk, donk sound. <laughs> <laughs> she's getting that, too, as she's about to maybe die. She sure is. I also do like at the bottom of the window, it's like uh, made by Ken. Pay, pay some yeah. respects or whatever it says down there. And she does it just in time, and it's kicked from the video. And everyone is like, hey, great. We did it. Thanks, Ken. Yeah, Ken is, Ken is one of these guys that I feel like is a certain type in movies where not only are they massive brain genius when it comes to computers, but they are also kind of a slob, likes weed. Ken, I believe at one point he says the hacker is there doing research on farts and boners <laughs> because Mitch, he thinks, has a boner from sexting, sex Skyping with Blair. And right. he's going to bring the farts because he is making <laughs> his famous salsa. Ken's famous salsa. <laughs> uh, you got to set up the blender, of course. <laughs> right next to your PC setup. <laughs> You've only got one plug. What are you? What else are you going to do? It's actually a USB blender. <laughs> it's plugged right into the right It's like the, the most dinky, low-power. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it, 
it whirs so slowly. <laughs> but that couldn't happen because I mean, we'll see if the blender comes mm. back at all. I don't know. Who who knows? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Adam has been drinking, and he pulls out a gun to threaten Billy while this was happening. I love when they all make fun of him. They're like, what were you going to do? Fucking shoot through the computer, idiot? <laughs> Adam is extremely stupid. You find out later he is also rich. Yes. But, yeah, he he is very, he's acting very big with his, like, huge magnum revolver that he's pointing <laughs> at his MacBook screen. Yeah. Yeah, and they're like, is that even loaded? He's like, oh, yeah, it's loaded. <laughs> All right, bud. But now you know, Adam's got a gun. Yeah, Chekhov's gun if ever there was, baby. <laughs> yeah. Mitch is still worried that it's real, and Blair starts looking at a new post from the Laura Barnes Memorial page, and she clicks Laura's name, which this is something else I really like. She doesn't even realize that her unfriending is undone. Okay, I wondered about this because it, it looks like you know, the, I couldn't, I wasn't sure if she was just looking at the memorialization page. Yeah, I think that she that clicks was through. Different. I think because you see her friendship right. with Laura and yeah. all the posts that are a really good, you know, way to kind of fill in some of this backstory between them. Right. Is that you can see all these posts of them being tagged together. Going back years. From their childhood. Right. Yeah. And I think she's got a very bad most recent post to Laura that's something along the lines of sending love across the veil to my friend Laura, a true friend, a true girl. Wow. Which a true I'm girl. not exactly sure what she was trying to say with that, but um, she's kind of stupid. Yeah. So. She really set herself up for this, I feel like. <laughs> Don't send a message like that unless you want to get haunted. That's my advice. <laughs> yeah. Don't be on Facebook unless you want to get haunted. Great point. Great point. Let's save the next election. <laughs> but yeah, so suddenly Adam's call to the police gets hijacked by a voice saying, don't hang up. And the Billy profile is back, but with video this time, which fucking scary as hell. And you realize, they all realize also, that you can see Ken from the video which kudos to this movie because i really thought that it was going to go the direction where suddenly they were all going to think that ken was doing it the whole time and that they were going to be like oh you oh. used your fucking like computer expertise to fucking like prank us <laughs> for this sick shit and they don't yeah that's interesting i didn't even think about that but yeah there's the moment there's a they're all kind of trying to figure it out because it it looks it's in a room with like a lot of stuff in front of it there's sort of like a lattice, lattice thing yeah almost yeah almost like it's behind a hamper or something but eventually Ken stands up and you can see his head pop over you know whatever junk was in front of the camera mhm mhm I, I i love it and they he digs for whatever is watching them, and he stares at in mm -hmm. stares at it in terror for a moment, and suddenly all the video ends because Blair lost connectivity. Yeah, everyone's kicked off the call, and she hops back in the call ASAP, and it's just Ken's torso as the video buffers. Yes, I was like, "What?" It's another moment of like you're just so thrown. Like, yes. what is happening? Yes, is this his? Is it loading up his profile? Is that his profile picture? Is is it him? 
but then you find out it is him. It is we're, him. We're, we are reconnected to him. Yes, and, and he's being thrown around and screaming, and he shoves his hand in a blender, and it breaks it, and he cuts his throat with the newly exposed spinning blades. It is intense. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, Val's death was very chaste compared to this. Yeah. They are all reacting appropriately. Yes, they reasonably freak out. <laughs> Yeah, especially Jess. I feel like so far there's been like um, Ken making jokes. Jess is laughing a lot. Ken says at one point, Jess, you get me when they're talking about how Val is a bitch. And so Jess is seems to be the one that is most freaking out. She's crying. I think everyone else is like there. It's almost got a, another layer to it because it is over Zoom. I think all these as things go they are like, there is still an air of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, did they die? There's another, it's a, I, I think you were mentioning Adam is on the phone and you don't hear that Val died, but he gets some piece of information that he's like, oh my God. Yeah. You know, so that's another, uh, yeah. But, but Ken is, ooh. It's great. Jacob Wysocki plays it, plays it well. It is very freaky. Yeah. It is great, and Adam wanders around because he says that he heard something, and again, they're all like, hey, don't do that, (laughs) which I love that everybody reacts appropriately in every situation, pretty much. (laughs) Yeah, and Adam seems, like you said, he's drunk, he's getting more insane, and- and They've talked about him being drunk at formal or whatever and going off the fucking chain. Yeah, Blair, throughout things getting more and more intense, Blair is the one saying, try to calm him down. But at some point, yes, events transpire where people don't really care about keeping him calm. Right. But the ghost types in the chat, Adam, sit down and shut up, which is funny. And the Laura Barnes kill yourself video pops up and Blair's attempts to close it only exacerbate the issue, popping up on several windows or based on the contents of the video, should I say, pooping up. (laughs) Folks. Yes, you should. Folks, she pooped her pants. <laughs> she pooped her shorts. <laughs> she really did. It's so... I, I really do think that is such a good... It feels real. A dumb high schooler could do that. I'm sure lots have. Hopefully not that many have had it captured. Right. <laughs> it, it also feels like something that would happen to you, and if people found out, you would be like... I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> it's that's that, I'm not saying obviously she shouldn't have done it. Right. And don't react that way. If, if you're a teenager out there and something like that ever happens to you, <laughs> you'll grow past it. People will not care eventually. If that happened to me, I would feel like my world is I'm never bouncing back. From this. <laughs> well, I should also say co-signed. Nobody kill yourself. Nobody kill yourself. <laughs> It gets better. It gets you better. Go listen to that Logic song. Yes. <laughs> Logic, thank you. <laughs> but yeah, so it's nasty as hell. The ghost is very mad. And Blair goes back to unexplainedforums.net to check the rules for what happens when a ghost attacks you. And they are as follows. Number one, simply put, spirits can possess you physically and metaphysically. Number two, Force you to commit suicide. Not they can. (laughs) Rule number two is force you to commit suicide. (laughs) This rule claims that spirits employ a similar tactic to the military, using the enemy's forces and supplies to ensure success, a.k.a. using your own body to kill itself. 
Number three, spirits attach themselves to your sin. Apparently, it's like a grappling hook. It's <laughs> not sure what that means. Huh. Yeah. Um, and then number, I guess. Yeah, right? And then number four, finally, in all caps, to free yourself, you must confess. Simpler than people realize, it says, she admits to the ghost that they did post comments saying to kill herself, which that was really kind of shocking to me. I really thought that it was going to be like her typing and saying, we didn't do it, we didn't do it. But then the confession comes through and she does, uh, she says, we did it. It was just jokes. We're good people. Yeah. And I think that she she's fine with that level of confession. She's like, yeah, you know, we shouldn't have done that, but we did it. We all we all made those comments. And I think she's like, that's it. You know, I confessed my sins mm-hmm. to, to, you know, I should be home free. But what she doesn't realize is it's, it's going to get much harder to stick to that. Oh, yeah. As as the game goes on. Oh, yes, indeed. They they the ghost responds. Let's find out if you're good people by playing a game where the loser dies. Uh, And of course, the choice of teen girls all around the world. Never have I ever (laughs) like the drinking game. (laughs) Blair doesn't know. Never have I ever again. Just like trolls. She's very disconnected. She is the elderly surrogate. Yeah. (laughs) She's she's shopping on Forever Twenty One, you know. She's <laughs> on Jezebel reading about um, what would have been going on. Maybe she's <laughs> looking at Joseph Gordon-Levitt, you know, articles. I don't know. Sure. Yeah, she doesn't know, but Jess very succinctly explains the rules of the game. Yeah. I think <laughs> I think Laura even asks Jess to explain the rules. <laughs> she's like, "Are you? She must you not be like me? typing it out. Are you fucking kidding me, Blair? You're a fucking dork. I know for a fact you don't party, Blair." <laughs> But they dig into their secrets. It turns out Jess was the one who started the rumor about Blair's eating disorder, not Val. But also Blair crashed Jess's mom's car while drunk and let Jess take the heat. Mitchie, on the other hand, made out with Laura last year and also snitched on Adam for selling weed, which this was so funny to me where he's like, it's important because I almost had a record. And this guy like... It, he didn't even have anything happen, and he's pissed. <laughs> yeah, I guess his dad got mad at him. Right. It seems like he's fine. He's yeah. at home alone drinking, right. so it's not like he put too short of a leash on him. <laughs> and then you find out he's rich because Jess stole $800 from him, and Jess is like, you didn't, did you miss it? Right. He didn't You're fine. Notice. Yeah. Something something goes on, though, where Adam, with Adam, where he apparently like offered to trade Jess's life to some guy for the three of theirs. <laughs> Or okay, was so this like I, on the call? Maybe I, I was. This so I didn't necessarily get. I I watched it again. I watched it twice this week, and on the second time I watched it, I I did not understand it the first time around. On the second time, he says that Laura made him that offer. Oh. That Laura said to him, "Would you, you and Blair and Mitch can leave." If if you let me have Jess and wow. he, he apparently he agreed to it. Wow. Because yeah, I think he says something about like I was trying to save you and Mitch. Right. Oh, wow. Interesting. Hey, nice little detail. Yeah. So Laura just she's off while we're looking at Blair's screen. She's off fucking around with everyone else <laughs> yeah. and having fun with them. Yeah, that's a really great little detail. It does really open things up in a, in a way that you might not otherwise know. Yeah. Cool stuff. And he's now off the rails. Now he's the one asking the questions, which it's very funny every time when Laura, like, types, she, like, repeats the question after he asks it. Yeah. 
Never have I ever fucked my boyfriend's best friend. Wow. Just as soon as she says that, Laura's typing just it pops up verbatim as he said it it's very funny and she was lying about being a virgin as well yes and she um because these are some pretty serious questions the countdown timer is getting a little bit (laughs) lengthier so that you can let you sweat 10 to 30 (laughs) for mitch to really freak out and i think this is probably the screenshot that you sent me of him going <laughs> like getting really upset and yeah. looking at the screen yeah but yeah we i mean it's it's a i this is intense i i really i feel for mitch yeah during this part where it's blair lets it run down pretty lengthy and she's you know i'm sorry and she puts her her finger down at the last second i also think it's like so good Because Mitch is freaking out and she's trying to get him to calm down. And there's a really, I feel like it is a very true teenager moment where she's saying it was an accident. And I think that that is like a teenager mind thing where it's like, (laughs) yeah, you did it on purpose. But it's an accident that it like fucked up things so bad. Like you didn't quite understand the ramifications of it. Mm -hmm. So you're saying it was an accident. She's saying it it didn't. It lasted like two seconds. Yeah, I love when he's like, like, that doesn't make it better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and Adam's like, fuck you. (laughs) There, see, there's like some really good. You know, I think that people that don't, if you're watching this movie and you're going in cynically. Those moments where I do think it is genuinely funny. And we're getting to another one that people just, they give it short shrift, you know, like mm-hmm. they, they don't allow for the possibility that there, that this movie has the ability to be funny. Right. <laughs> and so I think in those moments, people, and especially this one that's coming up, that is very obviously like a joke. They're mm-hmm. like, this is so stupid. You know, why would you say that? But there it's, those got big laughs for me. Yeah, Absolutely. Now Mitch wants to get back at Adam. And so he starts saying, never have I ever. Roofied Ashley Dane. Christ. And then, never have I ever forced Ashley Dane to get an abortion. Christ again. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. Yeah, he fucking sucks. I mean, you kind of know from moment one that Adam sucks shit. He is by far the one that is cut and dry the worst. But... We've got another thing coming up where it is like, you know, he, he I won't say he redeems himself, not even close. Right. But he obviously cares about Blair, even though he is such a shithead. In her emails, you can see that there was like an email from him being like, I actually really like you. And and like, I think yeah. he's not I don't think Mitch is right for you. Yeah, I, I think at this we've got a, a minute where you know Mitch is freaking out and she he he gl- gives Blair the chance to sort of explain herself and she says they were drunk they hooked up it was his birthday they met one more time yeah it was right and it right before school started up again they met one more time to see if there was actually anything there and apparently to her there wasn't so she ended it. Right. But it doesn't, it really doesn't matter when, I mean, that's all well and good, but I mean, this is like the stuff of nightmares is Mitch having to watch the video of them. Oh yeah. I mean, that, that really is like, I, I can't imagine anything worse. I would rather get my neck shoved in a blender. Wow. Than have to do that. It's really brutal. You know, yeah, they, they're 
pleading with Mitch not to force the end of the game. And then, yeah, Billy pops up this uh, video that Adam taped them having sex. And I was literally wondering, I was like, I wonder if Blair even knows that that was happening or if this is yeah. just more scumbaggery from from Adam. Yeah, I'm sure another thing, like in those those memes that Laura sends, Blair is very obviously asleep. Yes. And Adam is taking pictures of them right. in bed. So I'm sure a lot of that was a surprise to Blair that it exists. Yeah, but just another another shithead move from Adam. Yeah. <laughs> it's bonus round time. Billy prints something out for the two of them, and they can't say what it is. And Mitch says, oh, Adam and Blair have another fucking secret. He really, I think that Mitch does a really great job in this movie as well. He has to carry a lot of the story emotion, I think. You know, like, there, there's Jess reacting to Ken is, is great and everything. But this this reaction to the reveal and everything, he's just really knocking it out of the park. Yeah, and I think if I was less forgiving, I would say this is a little contrived mm. that they've got, they both got these piece of paper, you know, the, these papers and Mitch is like, I, I will leave if you don't show me. Mm -hmm. But I, I, then again, I'm like, he doesn't really care in the moment that he would die. If he leaves, he's you know? ready to and fucking Laura, die no matter what. <laughs> yeah. He's like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Fuck my life. Yeah. And, and then, you know, these two are, you know, not really, but in his mind, like together in yeah. this thing again. And so he's, you know, Laura is saying, don't let Mitch leave. Yeah. If Mitch leaves, he will die. And I, I like that. He's like, I don't care. I'm done with this. Yeah. I can't take this anymore. And Blair, She's not willing to let this happen. She reveals her note, and it says, if you reveal uh -huh. this note, Adam dies, and he promptly turns the gun he's been flailing around right on himself. Bang. Yeah, and you very nicely get to see his laptop shut a little bit as he falls over dead, and it is revealed what his paper said, which was, if the you reverse. reveal this note, Blair will die. Right. Yes. So he, that's what I mean with like, he, you know, it's, he knew in that moment that this might happen. Yeah. And he still didn't reveal the note. Yeah. Which is like, okay. And uh, it kind of plays into him maybe thinking that there was something more between him and Blair and, and pulling for that. And she's not interested. She, there's no spark there. Like she said. Yeah. Mitch versus Adam. She's, she's picking Mitch. Right. And she does that yeah. in the ultimate way. I also love this little pop-up that comes here where it's advertising cam girls and it shows a clip from Blair stripping for Mitch earlier and she doesn't even yeah. notice. It's so good. I mean, she's distraught. It's so... Uh, Laura is such a little fucker. She's being like Chucky. <laughs> yeah. Just like trolling. And and like... Obvious yeah, it, troll is obvious. <laughs> what's a troll? It's like this very believable, you know, like shitty pop-up for mm -hmm. cam girls and it's scrolling through all these cam girls and you just see this scene playing out from the beginning where Blair is undoing her flannel shirt yeah. to show Mitch what's going on in there. It's so good. And that's just for us. Yeah. I it also it kind of reminded me of like another form of like cyberbullying is like revenge porn and shit and like that's how a lot of yeah. that stuff like winds up on on these sites and everything and you know it, it's kind of just like a, a like Laura could be distributing that in the same way that they distributed this video. Like 
It, yeah. Maybe that's just like a little fucking nothing. Maybe she actually sent it out, and like who the fuck knows? It's it's just a really nice little touch. I, I think they did a great job with that. There's so many little things in this movie that, like like you said, if you're coming to it cynically, that you're not going to enjoy these little touches. But but they really add a lot to it. If you're watching it because you th- you think it's stupid, and I think that even like among people that went to see it opening weekend they're like yeah this is a dumb slasher i don't know it, it, giving it credit for the things that it's doing is so much more enjoyable yeah i love shitty horror movies you know like it, it, it's it's not sleepaway camp <laughs> and i think that people hear the gimmick and they're like that's the it's a gimmick movie mm-hmm. you know and I, I just wish people it's like you know i know there's a lot of bad found footage horror movies out there but it's like i wish people would give movies a chance to commit to the gimmick because yeah. there's nothing more fun than watching them commit to the gimmick it's yeah. like the most fun part of this is watching that there's nothing better than than in host when the fucking snapchat filter attaches to the ghost face so i mean that's of course that's a gimmick and if someone told you that you'd be like real scary (laughs) Uh uh-huh and then you watch it and you're like this is crazy this is the best yeah it's really really fun i i agree i uh, you know leaning into it is always better than even even just like the fucking ryan reynolds shit where you're where he's like winking at the camera it's like don't do that even if it's stupid i know it's stupid already just do the stupid thing and I'll come along yeah. with you for the ride. Yeah, I can do irony on Twitter. <laughs> you be earnest. I gave you my money. Exactly, exactly. Now, Billy reminds them that that was just a bonus round, and they're still playing. They're still going. <laughs> There's a loud bang at Jess's house, and she runs rather than answer the question, never have I ever defaced Laura Barnes's grave, and she turns to chat roulette for help. Yeah, which I gotta say, Jess, it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's like you kind of... Just say it. Yeah. At this she point, knows. at this point, you know she knows. <laughs> she knows, and you're freaking out. So now Mitch and Blair know. <laughs> yeah, she didn't even play it cool. Like the secret's <laughs> out. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who did that. <laughs> I think that was Val, actually. <laughs> and you got her, so we can skip this one. <laughs> Blair turns to chat roulette for help. This is the most fictional part of this movie, is that she doesn't get inundated with penises here. She gets one. Although there are several slurs in the text. Yes, we've got a white guy saying the N-word. Yep. A white guy that's just standing, <laughs> unmoving. We do have one penis. It is a very... It's not pixelated, but it's just a very low-quality, dark video mm. in which you see the penis. And and Blair does a oh god she's like freaking out and to have to deal with <laughs> one of these guys just being a cock hanging out of like chinos or whatever <laughs> it's so good it is good I also love when she gets to the stoners and they're just like hello yes something is happening <laughs> <laughs> yeah they really waste her time there, being like yeah okay. <laughs> She does get someone to send some cops to Jess's house, though. Bad etiquette to dox someone like that, but I guess it's allowed in extreme cases like fighting ghosts. Yeah, I was thinking genuinely, like, because I think this is not only the most dunked on part of the movie, but I'll admit that it's the most dunkable (laughs) part that she goes to chat roulette. Yeah. But 
I was thinking, like, if it's 2014, which I think it is in the movie, yeah. it's actually 2014, what is the better recourse of action? Like, to, to get someone to call the cops for you. Right. And her dad is out drinking with Adam's dad. Yes. So it's not like you can just call for your parents right there. They're out carousing. Boys night. Yeah, and I think maybe what I would have done is go on Facebook and see if anyone's online. Mm. Maybe that would have been a good route. Poke them. But, yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Emergency <You> busy. <laughs> a very forceful poke. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it, it is contrived. But, thank God, she... She gets cops to come, and, and Jess is going to be saved. Yeah, it's great. And and the movie ends, and they're all safe. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, police. <laughs> Just kidding. That's not what happens, obviously. The police are useless, and Jess's video cuts out as the ghost says goodbye. And when she calls back, it's with a curling iron shoved down her throat. You know, I saw a lot of people talking about the blender stuff. This is just as brutal, if not more, to me. Yeah, dude, it fucking sucks. Like, I that would hurt, and you would be alive for a while. Yeah, you know. It, it speaking of sleepaway camp, it reminds me of one of the grossest kills in that. Yeah. with Judy being suffocated and the the curling iron going somewhere else, right? Which is worse. Yes, but I, I do think that this is a good, a little bit less problematic version of it where it is it's fucking scary yeah Um, it is also i mean genuinely i do think that it is playing with a little bit of the same kind of thing with sleepaway camp where it's like supposed to be like phallic and you know they've been teasing her about being uh promiscuous this time yeah Yeah. so uh yeah it's 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 working on on several levels i think it's it's gross it's scary it works with the character yeah it's just good. And you get to see it as it happens for like a while. And then not only that, but you get to see a picture of it. Mm-hmm. As I believe a another meme is uploaded to her Instagram yes. with the impact font of looks like she finally shut the fuck up. Christ. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's it that is like it, Laura really does get more and more trolly yeah. as the movie goes on. It's like. She is being like a fucker. Yeah. Like she's not just like getting revenge, but like that's not even for to like hurt them. Yeah. She's doing it because she thinks it's funny. <laughs> Mitch and Blair's video feeds are both extremely choppy, but they try and keep going and comfort each other. But Laura isn't done. The next prompt is never have I ever posted the drunk video of Laura Barnes. And while they freak out, she tells Blair via Facebook that it was Mitch. And they both very much say, I didn't do that. Yeah. Both of them tell Laura, I didn't do that. Right. And, and she goes it, to, like, she like starts again with the typing and deleting. She's like, he yeah. wouldn't do that. That's not him. But uh, she finally confesses. And Laura, and Laura is saying, why are you protecting him? Which gives me the idea that she knows, that Laura knows, you know, that that Mitch did this. Mm -hmm. But again, I'm like, why in this case, last one, is Mitch not fessing up to it? I do wonder if, if there is supposed to be a little bit of ambiguity 
as to whether Mitch actually did it. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, she, Mitch never says that he did it. This is the one time where someone else says they did it. The other person did it. Right. And he's he's been established as the good boy. Yeah. And so whether or not he did it or not, Blair says he did. Right. And Laura, Laura, I guess, takes that at face value and. Face value is right. Because he friggin' stabs himself in the dang old eye. And this is why you should not include knives in your foreplay. (laughs) Yes. If he didn't have the knife, if he wasn't playing a weird little psycho game with his girlfriend, (laughs) she probably would have let him die of natural causes. (laughs) (laughs) She would have said, well, I guess you get to leave. (laughs) I Hurt too starts to play. And Laura thanks her. Then Columbo's her. She says, oh, just one more thing. Then the countdown starts again as Blair pleads for her life because it's, there's one final video post. It turns out that Mitch was the one who posted it, but Blair was the one who took the video in the first place. And she also finishes the video by saying, I got her, which ties back into what was filled into the fields for the memorialized Laura's Facebook page effort. Um, just really, it's, it's very, uh, vindicating. It's a great twist. Um, it, it's, it, it finally re- is like, oh, why was she tied to this all along? It all comes back to Blair. Yep. You get to see the video is on Blair's Facebook as if she posted it very quickly. Right after you get the reveal of Blair, you get to see the comments rolled, roll in of just like, fuck you, Blair, you're terrible. The comments literally say, kill yourself over and over again. And you know, perpetuating the cycle here. Yep. Although it doesn't, she doesn't get the chance because Laura says, I wish I could forgive you. And we get a fun splashy ending where the computer screen gets closed suddenly. And the ghost attacks us in Blair's perspective. It's a lot of fun. It's just a very fun ending to a very fun movie. I like that it's it's a bit of a reveal at the end, and you're you're kind of thrown by that the laptop is closing. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're like, I thought I was the screen, but then to actually find out, I'm not the screen. I'm like, I'm Blair. Yeah, I'm like Blair's eyeballs almost. It also makes me. She I, was unmoving. She didn't flinch the entire time. <laughs> yeah. No blinking. Yeah, even when you can see on her Skype that she's freaking out. <laughs> it's just like st- <laughs> they should have had her do that. Her performance is just her dead-eyed looking. <laughs> but it, uh, another little like pet peeve I think is. Um, you know, when you're like typing on your phone or when you're when Blair is typing, you can hear the key ca- the keystrokes. Mm. And usually I would be like, you don't hear the fucking keystrokes on your computer, mm-hmm. you know, but it's like you were Blair. You do hear the keystrokes. Yeah. You're outside of your computer. Exactly. Another could be criticism that has been. Knocked down. Debunked. Perfect movie of Unfriended. (laughs) Well, perfect segue now into the final segment of the episode where we sum up why this is not just a good horror movie, but is in fact the best horror movie ever made. And I'm going to let you start. This is the best horror movie ever made because it's hip, it's sexy, and it's about computers. And computers are our lives now. And they, des- they are the scariest things that we encounter on a daily basis. 
And as we go forward, I think that this movie is going to really stand the test of time. And I hope that, like you've said, where you pretty much only hear people praise it, you know, like in day-to-day, like when you hear people talk about it. It's it's never someone being like, oh, yeah, I saw that and I'm going out of my way to say it was shitty. <laughs> I really do think that from here on out, it's only going to get better and better. And it's going to be cemented as like a pioneer in the form. I think as time goes on, we're going to have more and more movies like this. And I do think that like this was on the cutting edge of saying a lot of things about internet culture and about how we behave on the internet versus how we act in real life, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And it's just going to get more and more true as we get more and more online and we act shittier in one versus the other. Yeah. Yeah. I I totally agree. I think, uh, this is people's chance to get ahead of the curve, you know, because this is one that's going to, to just become more and more, in the zeitgeist, I think, and, and people will talk about it as time goes on because it's yeah. the best horror movie ever made, in my opinion. Exactly. It's got a little bit of like an exploitation-y edge to it in a, in a good way, like an exploitation movie in that like yeah. it's, it's leveraging something that we are there to see and it fucking mm-hmm. delivers, baby. We're there to see a fucking troll-ass ghost internet murder these kids and that's what the fuck you get. Mm-hmm. And it plays with a lot of that same satisfaction, like I said, of being on Twitter and like you're here to say, like I'm here to see these people who are unforgiving get unforgiven. Yeah, everyone is just waiting for someone to do something wrong so that they can go to the mats, and that is how yeah. the internet is. Like th- it is, it is crazy. I think you're right that that it just is so representative of our day-to-day life even more so now than it was when it came out it is genuinely ahead of its time and it does such an incredible job of making this movie fun like you said it would be very easy for this whole thing to feel contrived and really i think all it would take is for like one thing to not work and this house of cards comes tumbling down but But really, everything is good. Like, the performances are all good. The script is good. It's funny. The The lighting is, is like, pretty good. Like, a variation to make it feel like it's different places and everything. Yeah. I just think that it's really working. It feels real. You know, I talked in the Young Frankenstein episode. Mel Brooks talks about how in order to make the horror real, everything else around it has to be real, too. And. Yeah. This movie does such a great job of making everything around the horror real. Yeah. And that's why you're able to to go along with the movie for the ride, to enjoy Laura being a troll and and, and be yeah. there for the twists and turns. It's, it's just the best horror movie ever made. I know. And I fucking, I get it. If you're out there and you're like, I like technology is scary. Oh, like, we're, are we? We're actually so connected, but we're further away than ever. Like, I fucking get it. I know that it's dunkable, and you can make a movie that tries to make that point, and you completely miss the mark. Jason Reitman. You can make <laughs> men, women, and children, and it it is dunkable, and it's risable, and people should make fun of it. But you can't just judge this movie based on that premise or that they're trying to illustrate that point because it is true. Yeah. And you can watch a movie that illustrates that in a fun way 
that does it so well among all these other things that it's doing so well. And I really think it's it's hard to walk away from it, not giving it credit for doing that. Hell yeah. Ethan, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and finally getting me to watch this movie. Uh, of course, it was so fun. Yes, please. Uh, plug time. Anything you want to direct the people towards, your Twitter accounts, your podcast, all that jazz. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Ethan is a fun guy. Um, fun guy spelled like a mushroom. If you yeah. want to see me tweet shit like it's Rickle Pick, <laughs> stuff like that. And then I, I have a, a podcast with, with my wife that we do very infrequently because it is about Taylor Swift content, mostly her albums, but we will have an episode coming out soon on her upcoming album midnights which drops in october so exciting yes and uh of course like i mentioned at the top there is a wonderful episode about the movie cats Cats. (laughs) check it out it's awesome (laughs) as far as my plugs you can find me on twitter at little horror phl that username applies pretty much everywhere including instagram and that's right letterboxd (laughs) follow us on there and uh if you're really enjoying the show check out the patreon for just a couple bucks a month Uh, You can get all kinds of really fun bonus episodes, including spotlights about movies that maybe don't fit as squarely into horror. But also, there are variant episodes, which uh, I'm very excited to be doing another legal thriller episode this month. It's been a very long time, but those are a lot of fun. So if you're you're interested in in hearing uh, all kinds of great stuff, check out the Patreon and... um, that's pretty much it. Rate and review if you're enjoying the show. So send send questions to the mailbag at bestlittlemailbag at gmail.com. All right. That's it. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.